All right, Abhay. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. It's difficult to get you uh, get hold of you. No, not really. It's yeah. just that when I'm in oh. city, it is easy. But how often do you come back to the city? Uh, I try to be here once in fifteen days. Okay. But it's not necessary. It depends, like how work is shaping and how things on the field. So okay. Uh, the attempt is to be once in fifteen days at least here. Right. Yeah. So, is it? uh simple to say that you are a farmer or should uh, people say that like you know you're into the agricultural no, background i would like to put it up like i am a farmer you're a farmer yeah i am a farmer the pure farmer yeah he gets yeah, his hands yeah. dirty yes you know? i am on the field i am there all day and uh, also trying not always on the field but i'm also trying to help other farmers also in lot of ways correct so uh it's uh, the labor part probably doesn't come too much on me mm-hmm. but i try to be a part of it right yeah so when all did all this start like why were you since school uh, learning about farming or were you like you know family is somewhere associated with uh, mm-hmm. farming how did it all start so my family is not been associated but uh, just putting up a background to it uh, like as a child uh, we have always been in a like the house we are living in bombay has been a place where there's been a lot of fruits and vegetables growing mm-hmm. then as we uh, as i grew up i was in i was studying in a hostel the hostel was in middle of a forest okay after coming out of hostel when i came back and was doing my college in bombay that time i have done a lot of treks and i've traveled a lot of uh, interiors in maharashtra mm-hmm. at least and of course other places also so somewhere i have been connected to the forest to the farm fields mm-hmm. not farm fields exactly but towards the idea of growing food right and uh, okay so uh, so in 2017 onwards like when we were like four of us uh, we uh, kind of sat for a brainstorming session with uh, four friends my friend had a place in talasari and uh, we wanted to do something there mm-hmm. so the idea of organic farming was like really coming up that time so we wanted to know what is the difference between organic farming normal farming understanding what exactly it is and uh, for that we traveled almost a lack of kilometers across maharashtra to find out what who is doing what and there were some amazing surprises which came across like almost we couldn't find organic farmers firstly right. very few organic farmers were found and then when we discussed we realized that uh, the f- the food that we are eating on a plate it's basically poison on plate so that is what we are we have been eating like there's poison served on a plate and we don't know also about it so the, over there the idea of this came in but again as i connect to my past so we are, as we were as i said you know we were trekkers and we used to go in the mountains and things like that so uh we knew there were people that we know there and probably if instead of starting on ourselves on our land we can empower such people and start working with them so uh the concept of seed was then which came across to us right. during that time so we kind of i'll tell you more in detail as we go ahead yeah. with this but uh what exactly how seed mattered the seed that is used for sowing during for the farming process for the right. food to grow how that has changed mm-hmm. in our lives most of us don't know about it it's so, so interesting right yeah. i mean when you talk about seed the mm-hmm. way you are talking about seed and how the significance of a little germ Right. right that's that's what it is it's like you know and what happens right. at what scale it happens right. and you know how it's been misused and then used well again right. you know but just to go back a little mm-hmm. so you finish you're doing all the treks you're going out you're fa- you're always out there whenever you get the chance mm-hmm. so professionally you what did you pursue after college were you directly into 
uh, farming or were there glimpses of that during your professional life uh, no so uh, i was nowhere close to this okay yeah i was i am i have been from background for stock market so i have stock am, market yeah so i'm a technical analyst okay and i kind of uh, i i was working in a company and then i was advisor also then i was doing my own trading oh i was doing portfolio management and lot of other things so that is what my background was mm-hmm. and this happened just because it's a school friend and he there's a piece of land and we want to do something right so that is where this came across it was so this was how many years did it take of like you know let's say the seed of mm-hmm. thought that mm-hmm. was put into your head right how long did it take to manifest because in 2017 you guys really got together hmm but since when was this idea sort of brewing in your mind no not really the idea i i would say the idea was not brewing very like very early because before that okay it was around that time only when mm-hmm. it uh, as i said the we didn't know what we wanted to do on the land got it it could have been anything else also but uh, just because our interest towards traveling and knowing things made us head that way right and the idea kept uh, like growing inside us when we traveled okay when we traveled and that time we knew okay you know this is something where there is a potential to address something like there's something where people don't know about it mm-hmm. most of the people in the cities including us like including me i would say were unaware about it right so that is where the idea kept growing like there's so much unawareness and it is a laughing stock today you know because if you talk to someone they don't know what is uh, they think we are eating food and everything is fine with us correct so they don't even know if there's something wrong going on inside the body because of farming practices happening right so you guys started traveling you mm-hmm. know you and your friends you start traveling and this is like rigorous traveling or like this is sort of like once in a month you guys are just going around mm-hmm. finding out about places and then you're just visiting them and as you're visiting them you know your eyes mm-hmm. are opening into more deeper mm-hmm. uh processes of mm-hmm. I mean of maybe farming or methods and things like that so when you started traveling excessively when did you sort of think that okay what we are eating is ap- actually poison and how the farmers or the these um, the village people are living is more adequate for their own uh, systems and a uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. so uh we kind of uh, traveled very like often like we didn't take too many breaks when we were doing this research it was like month on month we were continuously traveling somewhere every okay. week i would say not even month on month but every week we were going out and uh, as you said when, when we came to know that uh, this uh, the food that we are eating is not safe mm-hmm. would be like uh, when we came across organic farmers in different regions we came to know what other farmers are doing okay till that time when we are going to a normal farmer they will show what they are doing but they won't show how poisonous it is because even they are not aware right i wouldn't say that they are uh, they just put a mask on their face and they spray whatever they have to correct but they don't know what it is doing to the food but when someone is educated to know it and someone studied it mm-hmm. is the person who may be able to guide you that what is happening and how it is changing the food that you are eating so when we came across such farmers who were educated about it and who exactly knew the importance of organic farming they were the ones who helped us to understand that what is happening on the other field right is so different like small small things like not only food but even the soil right the soil gets damaged the environment gets damaged the biodiversity the species around it like uh, just a simple thing if i'm spraying something on my food like on when it is to stop pest correct i don't realize even i'm even the, the honey bees which come on those f- uh, are being killed so if you 
honey bees honey bees are one of the main uh, pollinators right if honey bees say if we go extinct with honey bees we won't have food in 4 years right so that is the kind of impact that small uh, insect has on our lives so but we are killing them un- most of them unknowingly right. they don't even know that they are damaging the honey colony the bee colony because of uh, the practices i mean it, it's how far do you think this uh, practices go does it date back to the green revolution at least for our country which is you know mm-hmm. uh, like or uh, how like is this a very recent development of using a lot of um, pesticides and insecticides in our you know farming uh, practices mm-hmm. uh, did before let's say before these practices were we still eating organic do you think from the british era or you know before that were we always like an organic country see for chemicals uh, in your farm field as you said green revolution was one of the main uh, way to get it into our country mm-hmm. but in general it came after the second world war okay because there were a lot of chemical companies which had popped up during second world war right. and when the war, war was over they didn't know what to do with it mm-hmm. okay and that is where they came with the idea of killing the pest on your fields okay. uh, because pest generally damage your food in certain percentage but how to stop that so the idea started coming from there and spread worldwide and of course there are a lot of uh, it probably it was marketed well mm-hmm. i would say how pest is not important for you was marketed and that is where it started reaching the farm fields globally right so it started after second world war India became a part around 1965 was the green revolution so right somewhere then India became a part of it and uh, since then it has been growing okay. and now it has grown to such a stage that 97 98% farmers today are doing uh, industrial farming right so that is how it has grown and before that naturally we were doing organic farming because uh, there was no availability of it mm-hmm. so everyone was uh, everyone had their indigenous practices every state every city you travel or every village and every taluk or whatever you travel in those regions everyone has a different story of how they used to save their soil how they used to get better potential output or uh, how they understood the ideas of mixed cropping and everything very well and because they have seen it over the years their generations have seen it and it has been passed it was a uh, like passed knowledge from generation to generation are even when you go to these villages their uh, the bhajans they do in the temple or mm-hmm. the poems they have written they are all around farming okay so the the way to transfer to next generation was through uh, art forms different art forms were been uh, taught or probably imbibed in the villagers mm-hmm. to pass into next generation so they can learn the idea of different kind of farming like their methods their local methods right so it was more indigenous so through storytelling they were continuing the processes right i mean i mean that's what really fascinates me because the most i mean i have traveled with you you know a couple of times mm-hmm. and uh, man the food that you get mm-hmm. in the farms they're delicious man mm-hmm. you know like the rice smells of rice it tastes of rice right and by that i don't mean like you know when uh, it's very easy to confuse um, these um, uh, kind of vernacular saying that oh that rice has so much of flavor mm-hmm. by that i mean the flavor of rice or the vegetables that they cook or which is absolutely simple not uh, heavily spiced but it's so straightforward and it tastes of the ingredient right you know and then when after once you have tasted that and then you come back to the type of food that mm. you know we are available to us even mm. if it is home cooked or you know whatever it is it seems very sort of plastic 
mm-hmm. you know and that's where you know you start thinking that okay are we eating right are we getting into sort of like the right practices what is actually happening to us and mm-hmm. this sort of an awareness is i mean i like the fact that you know people are getting more aware of food mm-hmm. but to what degree is what you know uh, fascinates me about what you guys do you mm-hmm. know and your uh, work uh, spectrum of like you know making more of these varieties of rices or like the crops uh, you know converting these farmers mm-hmm. so now that you are traveling you know you and your friends you have set up this sort of this adventure that mm. you're going to go into mm. how difficult was it when you started off when you had to sort of like you know get the variety of organic crops mm-hmm. and then start converting these farmers one after the other mm-hmm. how was that like so when we started off it was a little difficult because uh, living into in a city for so many years mm-hmm. uh, the the way we live the lifestyle is very different than I wouldn't say bad or good. I don't want to compare it that way, but we are we are living different set of lifestyles. Right. In the city, in the village, the uh, the way we are in the house is very different than uh, anyone in the village. Mm-hmm. The so, but what happens is when you uh, start knowing different stories, and when you know, like you know, how educated such people are, like these people are, by not in form of formal education, but in form of uh, knowing how things are working in the environment. in that most we around them so when you start understanding that the respect for them starts growing in you okay and then you start feeling wow this is comfortable for you also because you know that like, you know there is so much to learn there so much to give there so much to take there is so much to uh, contribute towards the system you know so that is where the respect starts growing growing and then it feels like a family after a certain point right so the starting was always difficult because there is a change in your life any changes sometimes difficult to accept in the right. life but once you are part of the system then you feel home so that is how it was like it took some time but then it was home for us right yeah so now th- the varieties of rices uh, i'm just beginning with rice yeah. you know uh, because i'm really i love the you know the varieties of <laughs> rice that you guys so right right so um, where like I mean we talked about it that you had forgotten I mean this the, this um, type of rice was forgotten mm-hmm. it it belongs to our subcontinent mm-hmm. and it was forgotten so how did you come across these um, seeds of these rices right so uh, when we as you, as i said when we were traveling and we were understanding different things seeds was one of the important part so when we met few farmers we understood what is the difference between hybrid seeds gmo seeds and indigenous seeds right. luckily india has not too much exposure towards gmo okay it's just cotton and the brinjal which are gmo seeds but uh, brinjal also now has been uh, evolved and it is very less okay. cotton is the major one so uh, when we came across that so we knew okay this is not a thing then hybrid seeds what was hybrid seeds these were seeds which were been made in labs or the seed companies for more yield right so they were been uh, there was a way to hybrid seeds is nothing but taking two uh, different seeds indigenous seeds and uh, making a new variety okay so that is what they did it artificially so that were hybrid seeds and but the only problem with hybrid seeds was it doesn't have generations mm-hmm. so uh, when a farmer grows those seeds uh, it it he may not, he may have to again buy seeds next year right it may not give you when the plant grows the seeds which are you are like plugged or removed mm-hmm. 
uh, it may not give a new plant so you have to they sell it and next day next year they again buy new seeds okay so they are not saving their own seeds got it but with indigenous seeds they have a gene pool of thousands of years okay and when you grow a plant and when the food comes out and when the grains are out you save the best grains for yourself grow them again next year it has generations so basically it has a chain of genes to it right because it has been growing since so many years so it's like a family lineage yeah it's a family lineage Got right it. so then there were a lot of experiments done by us like we were trying to understand how nutritionally it is different but we were surprised with the results hybrid seeds to indigenous seeds indigenous seeds had at least 5 to 20 times more nutrition than one of the best hybrid seeds right so it it was quite surprising to us that people are looking for more yield but no one is looking like you know yield per acre is something that everyone is looking in one acre i will grow so much rice correct but no one is looking how much nutrition i am getting in that one acre right so this nutrition is very important so knowing that you are eating indigenous desi food is very important knowing that you are growing good food is very important because it's not only for you when you are growing food you are harming the environment you are harming the soil you are di- harming the biodiversity right so when you do it with uh natural seeds or i would say indigenous seeds you're taking care of a lot of things that way there's a so i mean sense of respect also for the environment right mm. uh, which is uh, which comes naturally um, like you you guys work a lot with the tribal mm. people right mm. and they have always i mean there's i don't know if they're scared but they're quite aware of uh the surroundings mm-hmm. and you know these practices that they do it seems like you know they uh, they have to do it otherwise you know nature would just not like it or like i don't know yeah. <laughs> i understand but uh, what i'm trying to like the tribal re- every tribal region is different okay now there have been tribal regions who have have had good exposure towards developed cities like mumbai or pune but uh, there are tribal cities who don't have exposure to cities mm-hmm. so the ones which have exposure to cities have lost their traditional wisdom got it but when you go far away or go into deep lands and see the ones who don't have very easy access to cities and other places they still follow the traditional methods mm-hmm. so that is where the knowledge bank is that is where you're going to know that what was happening anciently is still happening but still over there also there are seeds in every seed companies and uh, fertilizers and insecticides being sold it's not it's not there but uh because of the cost of it and they are not very uh, they're poor people so because of the cost of it lot lot of them avoid and they're still sticking to their indigenous practices so when you or you, know, you and your friends uh, started talking to the tribals mm-hmm. uh, and the indigenous people about their own seeds what was their reaction like oh so when we started in that region uh, they didn't have their indigenous seeds okay uh, and this with this which region are we talking about uh we are talking right now about akole okay yeah so there are some tribal communities living there mm-hmm. so when we started over there we wanted to grow indigenous they were already growing food from uh, industrial seeds okay and when we came across that uh, the food that we want to grow has to be indigenous so we were on a hunt of seeds so there is a very well known seed saver in maharashtra mr sanjay patel okay he helped us with he works with bayf bayf is a ngo okay yeah and he helped us with uh getting indigenous seeds he gave us very few very less quantities but we kind of grew it over the years and it, it has now increased so we started f- telling farmers make your own seed banks trying to help them with the uh, the older generation already had the knowledge correct because they have been exposed towards industrial farming very recently right so the the parents already like the older people in the village they already knew what is seed saving they already knew mm-hmm. how to uh, grow the food and how to take care of these seeds 
so the, they were the wiser ones they were teaching us more than we teaching them okay because we are new to the field that time as well so they it is their knowledge that we kind of imbibed and today we are being able to do it, do it ourselves so we get we got a lot of help from the older generation i would say so i mean using hybrid varieties or gmos uh, mm. variety of you know seeds was uh, how, how far is this how does this go like 60 60 70 years no uh gmo is very recent very recent very right? recent hybrid i would say would go around say 670 uh, years maximum right. 60 to 70 years until the independence i mean for, uh, since the independence since right? the independence yeah, somewhere then probably 1950 60s that is so, where it started so the so the elder you know the elders of the village they are quite aware of yeah i mean you know they were quite young when like uh, uh, what i'm talking about about hybrid seeds is globally india was after 1965 ah correct after green revolution so before that so m- most of the generation that we have and 1965 that just started so right. reaching to this adivasi must have been in 1990s probably absolutely so till then they were doing uh, 1990s 2000 till then they were doing indigenous food but isn't isn't that really hopeful because it's not a big spectrum like the other i mean few other countries who have actually lost their you know the their actually indigenous variety of uh, mm-hmm. seeds you know uh, there are few countries who are like you know getting them back there are few yeah. countries who have not even changed right. uh, you know their um, like you know I've, i've been to mexico and in mexico it's sort of like you know there is a big part of keeping um, their heritage seeds right. intact still right. and it's by law that they maintain right. these I mean, in countries like america there are uh, the native americans are still yeah. kind of standing up for it exactly they even they have their own traditional seeds and all so every country there is a part or a tribe or a indigenous people of those country mm-hmm. who still have that wisdom right and uh, probably if we don't take action now this is last generation and we may lose that wisdom right so this is the right time to be in the right place so this is a, like you know if you want to know about traditional things traditional wisdom we are like the term development has become very different for us today mm-hmm. but developing ourselves towards the nature also is very important which we have forgotten we are just looking at self development in terms of infrastructure in terms of monetary gains mm-hmm. but there is something which is bigger than that correct and we don't see see that so so now that you guys have started with uh, these farmers and converting these farmers into usage of how has the response of the farmers been like so i wouldn't say we are trying to convert anyone right uh, but uh, we kind of start on a smaller note in different areas mm-hmm. and there are different farmers like you know we try to do fair pr- as much possible there are like fair practices kind of uh, like you know they get a decent rate for their produce and kind of uh, they get inspired to grow this we keep doing something other for them to be inspired to keep doing this so do when, as much as of ethical farming you yeah, yeah 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 uh, like we we are we are trying our best to have do mixed cropping and uh, whatever way we can uh, have the soil mixed cropping is very important for the soil nutrients the mm-hmm. minerals in the soils to maintain those uh, level right. is very important to do mixed cropping so we try we kind of focus towards it that all that is taken care of mm-hmm. and when one farmer is doing it and they say they see that okay this farmer is doing it and he's still he's being able to grow he's still he's eating good food now in his own family that yeah. gets inspired and that is so that is where uh, all these guys like you know new new farmers uh, kind of join us mm-hmm. okay. so that is how the it is kind of so in, i wouldn't say converting but they are willingly coming and joining us right 
so that is what uh, so when these other farmers see okay these guys are coming from the city mm. there are few farmers who are reacting to them right you know it's ki- it's kind of like a fomo for them right <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> i don't so uh, when we go there like you know it's, it's uh, we have seen, we have been doing the experience that like some of them are just okay take hai kuch bhi bol rahe hai isko jo correct you yeah. know that happens with us like in lot of places they think yaar someone coming from city what will he teach us farming or something right. and we are not there to teach them firstly right absolutely we are learning from them and we are just trying to tell them okay these are the practices your ancestors have done and this is what we need to imbibe and we you, they already know it because they have also grown up with them so they already know that you are, they have they have they have learned these practices from their ancestors as well but they are getting attracted towards industrial uh, development mm-hmm. and uh, because they see a life which is very like it is it is said that is a comfortable life but they don't see the other part of it you know what comes with it so they get attracted towards that and that is where most of this too much migration towards the cities now mm-hmm. it's very difficult to find youngsters living in the village and doing the, and over the years they could due to for a deforestation and all they have been losing their resources okay so water has become a problem such things have become problems so it, it has been very dif- been very difficult for them to even sustain there right so that is why there's too much of migration towards the cities and eventually we are uh, mumbai is rushed today like Correct. if you see it's overly populated in mumbai but if things like if they maintain the it, uh, the bio, the biological balance in villages itself mm-hmm. there won't be so much of migration yeah so that is important i mean i always um, i always keep thinking about the fact that like you know how um, you know these big sort of pharma com- com- i mean these companies who are doing this gmo seeds mm. and things like that i mean they are not stopping in terms of like they go interiors big time mm. like you know they're going and influencing like you know tribal areas and things like that in order to just change mm-hmm. the, the farming the farming practice. practices right right i mean i always thought so that like you know you have to be you know like the villain but do the right thing always like mm. you know in terms of going approach because it's a tedious process right. it's like you know you cannot be like complacent right you know in this thing you know right. so like i like you guys do this and mm. you know and i don't know how many people are out there who are doing that you know i know i'm quite aware of like you know there are many uh, sort of institutes and ngos are, are involved in it but to what degree are they like you know doing that level of work in order to like you know keep that balance you know the fight right. for that balance right so when you said that these companies are going in the interiors mm-hmm. so uh, the basic economic thing that we learn in the first year of a college yeah is a, a company has one mission that is more profits right so that is the mission they are on it's for them it is they look at it as their work they have been taught that we have to do more profits mm-hmm. and but economics doesn't teach us ek profits shouldn't be disturbing the biological chain so that is where we fail we don't know we are trying to do more profits but what all are we disturbing in the whole right. uh, chain is not been measured anywhere so that is where the whole uh, the idea of getting things on like on the farmlands basically getting the hybrid seeds or something like that is somewhere connected to our education system right yeah so uh, that is where we have learned it from like we have to do more profits but uh, again uh, you know it's not only about monetary gains all the time so that is something that we have to learn with time with our own experiences and 
I hope that changes sometime. <laughs> no, but you know it's funny because you know when in school, right. you know you uh, there's a subject of like you know I don't know it's you have to be oh we're going to nature we're going to look at nature now right you know and we, one part of our education is teaching how to be a one dimensional you know being and then the other part is like okay let's take a break now and let's look at nature yeah you know and it's yeah. sort of like you know one is conflicting with the other right because you we are nature. Absolutely, we are part of it. Like we rather than saying it. that you know we are going for a nature walk, right? You know we need to understand how you know we are pretty much imbibed yeah. into it. So we are dist- that is where again the same uh, thing comes up. Like you know the biological chain has been disturbed. Right. Firstly, we think we are superior than nature. Correct. We don't consider ourselves only a part of as a part of nature. Secondly, why do we need to go to anywhere to look at nature? Nature should be everywhere. Like, of course, like I'm now putting the nature term nature right mm-hmm. now in terms of what we know, it is. So, if we, if in I'm in Mumbai and if I have to travel all the way to Lonavla to just enjoy find nature, to find nature, <laughs> yeah. So, मतलब <laughs> we have we have screwed up big time, man. Like yeah. we can't we have to travel hundred kilometers to see which which Mumbai yeah. was. If it national park is a proof that how Mumbai was. Right. You just walk in the national park, you know how Mumbai would have been. So I imagine na- and just national park I mean hmm. I I get uh, really interested in the fact that like this is sort of um you know a human I mean a, a bunch of collective trying to really preserve mm-hmm. what we used to be mm-hmm. you know and still I mean of course the other encroachments and all things that happen any that's anywhere that happens you know but if you yeah you just like in bombay you move around and you see go through national park or you go through this ra road and things like that mm-hmm. ah okay you get glimpses of what we used to be right you know and it it was a sort of a village setup you know yeah, and yeah and if you talk to enough people they tell you exactly the same stories that you know now that we are getting from you know these remote areas yeah. where you know everything was in balance there was mm-hmm. not too much there was not too less mm-hmm. you know but uh, this kind of uh, you know amplified uh, you know demands of mm-hmm. people needs to be supplied to mm-hmm. you know so do you think that is sort of a main issue when it comes for people to make those decisions mm-hmm. to like you know get into monocultures and things like that so that is what white revolution and green revolution was all about right uh what happened is with time people started uh, leaving their uh, we are, we are all villages mm-hmm. our ancestors are all villages so we like i am my native is kutch okay. your native is kolkata right. we have left our own uh, villages mm-hmm. and we have moved to cities right. right so at one point some of our ancestors would have been villages probably not our grandfather but probably their father somewhere so uh, what has happened is there was a demand in a certain area who left farming mm-hmm. and to fulfill that demand we started growing so uh, we started importing cows because our cows were giving less milk mm-hmm. and they wanted a new they injected mutations right. and uh, someone which was giving us 5 to 6 liters of milk is suddenly giving us 40 liters yeah. of milk so uh, just to provide our needs mm-hmm. uh, the things kept changing so that is what i said when we think as humans we think we are superior than nature and we yeah. try to change everything we have to, we are getting food which is high yield we are getting cows which are high yield we are getting the yield has been the whole focus mm-hmm. how can we have more and more yield but not only having a focus as yield but also nutrition right also the atmosphere also the biology also the soil everything like of course when i'm saying biology everything is covered but every sim- single aspect is now disturbed to fulfill demands 
what happens if we keep on going in this track of like you know less nutrition just mm-hmm. consume you know something white yeah. something <laughs> yeah but you know, uh, see nutrition green. will be being malnourished or something like that will be a common thing right like today uh, most of us have uh, i this is a beautiful book called happy food okay. which i read some time back now very small small things like uh, agat like they have now kind of done some research so m- most of us don't know the weight of our gut and our brain is same mm-hmm. and that is where we have gut feelings we say you know gut is a second brain right so uh what has happened with our gut we don't know so uh, i was reading there's this thing in the book where it says the average uh, in the western world is the research has been done in the western world so the average bacteria the gut bacteria in the person living in the city compared to a tribal mm-hmm. was less than half so the gut bacteria in a average city person was half of what was of a tribal area in africa or any other place mm-hmm. now why 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 did that happen so what happens is when uh, we eat certain kind of food the, there are bacteria in our gut which kind it's the kind of breaks it down for us or a digest whatever we call it mm-hmm. you know in different way it it is a food for them as well correct but uh, when uh, so imagine that if there are there are millions of bacteria in the in the gut so and they can remain uh, like not working for a long time they can be still for a long time but after some time they start diminishing they start uh, kind of uh, you know uh, not be there so uh, in the process uh, what has happened is as our diversity of eating food like simple thing as our flour the chapati what we are mm-hmm. eating is now crushed in a mill right. which has become a fine powder okay which is nothing but sugar for you yeah the the idea of the grain has dissolved completely and that yeah. is why we have gluten gluten uh, intolerances, intolerances yeah. right. and all this happening because uh, the the body had stopped eating gluten and the bacteria stopped reacting to it right so those bacteria eventually are like you know they're not in your system anymore they are gone extinct so uh when your gut bacteria keep reducing 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 and that means your the habits of your food the diversity on your plate has reduced correct and when this is reducing continuously is going to give you other kind of allergies and intolerances these intolerances in the recent years i mean they have increased tenfolds right right i mean and people are not aware of it like you know how much there is more awareness in the western countries and of course now people are taking being more conscious about it mm-hmm. but in terms of uh, like you know how kids can be lactose intolerant or they can have wheat allergies mm-hmm. you know uh, this there's not enough information or anything around it i mean at least uh, like say 5 years or 10 years back there was not much information around it where like you know kids were f- like so, no drink the milk hmm. you know because you know uh, that's how the commercials and things were like you know yeah, they right. always were drinking right. the milk uh, one thing very fascinating which i had come across was like you know how milk is acidic mm-hmm. you know i mean we have always been told how milk you know gives us more calcium right and things like that but it's quite acidic mm. so it creates a like an acidic environment in your body when you drink mm-hmm. so that's where the calcium sorts uh, sort of like you know disperses in order to neutralize that acidity mm. in order in because of that your bones get weaker mm-hmm. so it's actually the opposite of right. <laughs> you know right. and so again but you know when you do have raw milk there's so much of nutrition that is coming into you right. you know there's so much of these uh, natural bacteria which is kind of like you know working mm-hmm. around and creating a flora in your gut mm-hmm. which in turn helps you you know digest right. better right 
right and it's crazy right mm. like you know how all these things work and mm. it's now going away right and uh, what do you think people are like you know getting more into uh, understanding this uh see i don't know if people are getting more into understanding this but this is all again connected to the same thing of migration of uh, living your uh, villages mm-hmm. moving to cities yeah because we are moving to cities the milk that we are drinking is pasteurized right raw milk has to be had in, so after it's removed has to be uh, consumed within yeah. a very short period of time correct and transporting raw milk is almost as good as impossible right but uh, so our demand still want milk for different kind of cuisines that we are eating even it's not direct consumption of milk but mm-hmm. we are using it for cheese or whatever etc a lot of things we make ghee in the house or we also making a lot of food out of the milk but when the milk is coming to us all the bacteria inside is dead right because it has gone through a process of boiling and this and that is where the whole idea of raw milk and the pasteurized milk changes you know right so as you said you know when the raw milk enters our body it's creating an environment of uh, bacteria mm-hmm. but when this pasteurized milk is getting in your body you are uncomfortable somewhere yeah so it is all connected now awareness wise uh, yeah people are getting more aware yeah. there is uh, like uh, there are uh, people who are reaching to their source and there is now a lot of presence of different kind of farmers markets in the city instagram facebook all that has helped a lot mm-hmm. for people to understand that social media has been very handy for more and more people to understand that how is the diet of the tribals and the indigenous people i mean i, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're like aware of this because you spend a lot of time with yeah, them right? yeah, yeah. you know how was so, their diet like yeah so uh, like they're still in a lot of ways you know what we were hunters and gatherers mm-hmm. they still follow that like there is a lot of uh, food available in the forest itself which most of the people are not aware about mm-hmm. there are more than 200 vegetables which grow in the monsoon itself right okay so these are these are forest vegetables and uh, most of the people in the city don't even know their names mm-hmm. so imagine my plate is like a person in the city has a plate of 15 or 20 vegetables jo roz kha rahe like bangan bindi you know okra and uh, mooli and mm-hmm. that is all what we know of right but there are different vegetables which are in the forest which we don't know of like you know most of us we don't get it in the city and uh, so as i said when we are eating more diversity the gut remains stronger yeah so now let's take the recent example is covid yeah when there was a lockdown most of people like these adivasi paras are like 25 kilometers away from the source of market they survived in their houses sitting there not go traveling 25 kilometers what were they eating right that's a question yeah so they were eating food from the jungle they still have the talent of understanding what is edible there and that is what they were eating for the that much time most of us won't even know about it because we are not exposed towards it but that is why there they have a, like you see a normal adivasi man who is like who has been in the region which is not more exposed towards uh, the city i would say the region which is more virgin you will see the strength in that guy is very different than the strength in a normal person from the city yeah it's sort of Im- like um, the entire lockdown i mean that is crazy right because it seemed like a prison for most of the people mm-hmm. and maybe for like you know the tribal uh, areas it was just another day yeah 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 they were like well, for them it was not that difficult like i would wouldn't say all tribal areas right there has been like there as i said there has been a lot of deforestation correct so everyone didn't have that luxury but where there is a presence of forest mm-hmm. where there is presence of biological uh, balance right 
it wasn't a problem there exactly right yeah. you know because for them it couldn't like it wouldn't pinch because it's like just another day yeah yeah going as, by you know it's always said nature gives you an abundance yeah i mean that should i mean that that should be like such sort of studied or yeah. like you know yeah, imbibed yeah. because yeah. i mean the i'm i'm really like you know I'm, i feel sad for a lot of people who you know suffers and a lot of industries that suffer i understand that mm-hmm. but uh, but that was like really uncalled for because we were not prepared right you know how to react to some a situation like this mm-hmm. you know and this mm-hmm. was like like a one pot thing it was not a very selective you know uh, s- like selective group that was going through it this was like everyone's in everyone like, was into it right and we did not know you know the first thing we went is rather than looking or cooking certain things we went on like you know how we make more tiktok videos <laughs> <laughs> no but if you just uh, look at this uh, lockdown if you just study it a little more the first thing that we were thinking about is how much food we have in our right. house right because being in city we knew we don't have access to direct farming Correct. or any kind yeah. of vegetables so first thing that we are looking that uh, how much food we have second thing we were looking at is how many how how are we allowed to go to the market mm-hmm. to buy our daily requirements so basically we were so handicapped because of not having our requirements for ourselves we were dependent on something if say if the farmers or someone was not allowed to transport in that time yeah how would we even survive this you know how was lockdown for you guys oh, it was very hectic uh, we were like uh, kind you of you guys were like all around the place right yeah 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 so we were in tribal regions and other places there was a issue of uh, like there was no supply chain which mm-hmm. was being taken care of right they had material and uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, like you know the requirement of food was there in the cities mm-hmm. there were a lot of community kitchens which were built right and everyone needed help for uh, having grains and all so we were kind of the connectors between the two ends mm-hmm. and we were trying to get the best price for their uh, grains and trying to help you with supplying those grains in the city so uh, all these community kitchens and everywhere we were supplying uh, specifically rice yeah yeah but uh, that is what lockdown was for us i mean that that's incredible because like you know like being active mm-hmm. it's just a basic it comes down to food right you know i mean how important it is uh, and what and when something goes wrong we all go back to like you know getting food into our gut into our system nourishment things mm-hmm. like that you know like these f- people who grow food they are a very integral part of our you know society mm-hmm. in every levels right right like you know like you must be going through i mean under get- getting this idea reinforced into you probably every day right hmm yeah so yeah they are a very important part of our society and we don't realize the amount of uh, like in terms of monetary we are paying them today's peanuts correct we don't even realize how that it impacts the family mm-hmm. like very simple thing like uh, when we want to do say today export is a big market yeah but we try to kind of cut the prices to minimum so that our profits kind of increase yeah but the person who's actually put the effort on the field mm-hmm. the person who's actually grown the right food is getting the least of it the amount of hard work he puts in for the growing that much food is unbelievable how does this sort of like a system work <laughs> I mean I really I wish I could connect the dots. I know I know because I mean it seems like I do connect the dots but yeah. like somehow the more deeper you go you kind of forget yeah. how, you know why you started. But yeah. it, in all in all it doesn't seem right. Yeah, it is not. It is not a fair practice I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so that is why we have complaints of farmer suicides and etc which is happening because 
the mm-hmm. right price is never paid to them and because of this industrial farming mm-hmm. the green revolution the the problem is of uh, like what overproduction right the right word is uh, we have seen on news channels farmers coming and throwing tomatoes on the highways yeah. for getting they were getting 50 paise for a kg right but why has that come because of monoculture a farm a farmland is growing only tomatoes right there is no diversity on this field secondly is growing hybrid varieties so the yield is so much so the demand supply has gone for a toss and that is where all this comes in so even same thing happens with rice same thing happens with tomatoes same thing happens with onions mm-hmm. we see so much fluctuation in prices for onions right, today yeah. so all that is a part of demand supply chain and if everyone does a idea of mixed farming and not monoculture mm-hmm. the demand supply kind of will always remain intact wouldn't that be easy for a country like ours to do something like that because we have always been an agricultural country right i yep. mean every country has been an agricultural country some point or yeah. the other right you know but we are still sort of like you know it's it comes easy for us mm-hmm. because i don't think we have been influenced at that level no i wouldn't uh, put it up like that we are influenced that is why we are doing something wrong now. got it yeah mm. it's not that we are not influenced and the we are we are still getting influenced every single day mm-hmm. like we still look up to white people right today also yeah similarly the adivasi looks up to the city people we are just looking up to someone we are not trying to understand mm-hmm. how powerful are we as an individual right we always looking up to something and uh, we are just and that looking what we are looking up to is nothing but more comfort we are just trying to see how more comfortable we get right but we are not trying to understand in getting comfortable how much we are going to lose mm-hmm. and that is where the whole chain gets disturbed yeah i mean because right now the more i think about like you know i because i'm really like really cra- have a crazy love for the rice that you guys you right. know uh do and you know the stories that you you know have always say keep on saying like i remember this time that you know you were telling me about you know if somebody breaks a limb mm-hmm. or breaks their bones yeah, there's yeah. a type of rice for this yeah yeah and yeah. if somebody is having i mean you know like if a woman is going through pregnancy there is right. a rice for that right you know i mean that sort of wisdom that they collect right you know like right. Uh, tell tell me more about that but just try and imagine how many years must have gone for that wisdom to come in place can't imagine yeah so they must have done so much of research and analysis themselves yeah to know because there was no labs to go and check how much calcium or copper or other minerals the rice has mm-hmm. it it happened through trial and error yeah. right like they saw like okay their animals were reacting in certain way to some certain kind of food mm-hmm. and then the same experiment happened on humans yeah right so the, today also the same thing is happening there are labs which experiment on animals and then it is finally given to yeah. humans so yeah but uh, in that sense there were experiments which were harmless yeah. now the experiments are harmful to the animals also so that has changed but uh, that is how the wisdom must have been developed they must they, they see pregnant women eating that rice for so many years and then they realize okay when they are doing eating this this is the kind of results they are getting mm-hmm. so every grain in every region every indigenous grain had its importance right in lot of ways but when we are losing this diversity at one point india had 110000 varieties of rice correct yeah today we are not indigenous rice i'm talking mm-hmm. about we are not left with 5500 now seriously yeah so that is the kind of diversity is off our plate mm-hmm. only in rice imagine millets imagine vegetables how much we have lost we don't even know we don't have the count right there must be a count but i don't have it right now right so uh, there is a lot of uh, diversity which has gone down 
and uh, with every diversity growing going down we are losing one kind of particular thing which is healing our body so when we spoke about the rice which is good for bones or good for a pregnant woman there must be rice for everything correct and yeah and uh, so again everything is again coming back to diversity mm-hmm. so yeah so it's just the way your body is behaving to different kind of food that we given that is what is mattering in the end i mean you know i would have been reading a lot of papers on how like you know your mind you know your brain functions so it's like you know if you're going through some sort of uh, like if you're going through something that is wrong in your body mm-hmm. you know it it actually instructs your palate to you know release saliva in such a way that certain types of food that you know mm-hmm. comes in only you know the others are rejected mm-hmm. or a certain texture of food right you know mm-hmm. so that sort of uh, thing i mean uh, these kind of data the medical people have quite bit of and they you know right. they form all these medicines based out of that you right. know initially it was just food through right. food right you know uh, food was medicine food food was the medicine right. right and now even you see you know there are many instances where you see a person who is like extremely you know agitated and or angry for something and all once he is well fed hmm you know that's it everything comes down everything is settled yeah. he's becoming more rational all of a sudden right you know yeah <laughs> like so. do you think that is but uh, i think we read this we are what we eat correct we just read that yeah. we are what we eat so but do we comprehend is what by you know so i'll just put it up like this see we have we ate food which had generations which had minerals which had everything mm-hmm. so our mindset was like that correct we we had healthier generations we had now we are uh, now we are eating food which is not giving generations which is giving problems mm-hmm. and we are getting the same results we are getting kids who are gluten intolerant yeah, we are yeah. getting uh, kids who are lactose intolerant when they are born mm-hmm. immediately why is that happening because we we are not taking care of the food that we are eating right. if we eat food which is taking care of its own generation mm-hmm. we will have a healthier next generation so it's exactly. all connected Yeah I mean even um, I don't I don't know if you're aware of like you know there Now imagine if we are eating GMO. <laughs> oh man. I think we 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 do consume a lot of GMO right? No in India no. No no, no more. In India as as I said only two seeds were cotton and uh, cotton and brinjal, brinjal and yeah. brinjal also there has been a lot of protest. Correct. So basically cotton is the the main one which is mm-hmm. GMO but in India we are lucky we are like whatever like you know whatever the government has done or whatever the protests have happened but there have been a lot of support for not moving towards gmo mm. so that is a good thing in india at least you know so now with earthism mm-hmm. by the way brilliant name thank you <laughs> you know like what is the thought behind the name so uh the idea came like you know uh when we t- talk about a religion so we put it up as hinduism right then christianism ah, okay. buddhism got it everything was uh, like pronounced in mm-hmm. such a way but when i thought about it like okay earth itself can be a bigger religion than everything else mm-hmm. earth itself the everything on earth is god correct every every human being every uh, microorganism every insect every animal mm-hmm. everyone is god right so something which is to the earth yeah. is earthism so yeah. it's a religion called earth so that is how i put it yeah up. because it's it has that you know the catchy feeling in terms of like you know okay you know like, something different <laughs> yeah or, or at least like you know i see it from a consumer's point of view right. or a person like you know who cooks uh, i go like okay if i take this i might be doing something right <laughs> you know yeah, it has yeah, that yeah. sort of a, no you're doing something right <laughs> yeah. let me tell you that <laughs> like you know i mean you get that sort of a imprint into your yeah, in your right. mind with this and all so 
Right. What are you, what are you working on next? What is what See, is happening? See, I I kind of uh, think that uh, I'm like you know more than selling food. I would still want to be a place where uh, I could make people to aware, make them aware about mm-hmm. growing their own food. Right. That is what my goal is. It's not that I want to sell a lot of food. Got it. And yeah. you know make it a monetary thing. Mm-hmm. Why I'm selling right now is because if I uh, if the people I'm working with have to support that system as well. Correct. And I want people in the who are my customers at least right now and more and more I hope they keep increasing and they keep understanding that they are eating right food. Yeah. So that is very important for me to know. I keep my farms open for visits. I want more and more people to get inspired with this. Right. The I'm happy if my customer is if my number of customers are going down if they're growing their own food. Mm-hmm. I'll be happier that way. Yeah. I'll be more happier if every person finds inspiration into it and kind of figures a way like uh, again we are Uh, kind of you know whatever food we are growing we are also saving seeds so we are kind of uh, helping others to at least in cities also you can make at least start making your own kitchen gardens right we can if every building in the city every house in the city participates in making his own kitchen garden mm-hmm. the city can produce its own food we have enough space to we do have a lot of right? space and yeah and being a bit creative i think we can achieve that of right? course of course you know even yeah. little by little yeah. you know yes and uh, yeah it is going to eventually benefit yourself correct forget monetary but at least you know you're eating clean food right and every every society every it should be a part of the like how we have society maintenance it's a part of our living we have to pay the maintenance the lift bills the electric bills for the society there can be a f- way where we can find out how we can grow food in that society yeah if everything can be managed even this can be managed correct and that is what i am looking forward to i want more and more people to participate themselves in the whole moment instead of me running alone and providing them providing is not my goal it's a part of it and i always see how uh, for people it, you know they 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 kind of light up you know whenever let's say you know we have a lot of mango trees in the you know in the city vicinities right. and all, you know and like let's say you know a raw mango falls down and they you know make something out of it like you know pickle like, pickle or something yeah. out of it there's always that sort of an entitlement like oh you know Mil- this happened th- from here yeah, you yeah. know or like you know it happened in my backyard and yes. i made it and all th- yeah you actually more attached to the food you grow exactly so like you i would give you a very simple example like we kind of invite volunteers who wants to come to right. farm and help us but when these volunteers they want to know what has happened with what they had sown over there mm-hmm. so basically they're getting connected to it is basically you're, because you're nourishing it like a child yeah when you see something that has happened in your backyard when you have done it you feel satisfied somewhere and you get connected to it so that connection is important so when you get connected with growing your food it you'll always get healthy food yeah yeah and it's it's always it becomes a prestige right in terms of like you know when people do talk like oh by the way this uh, coriander is grown <laughs> enough you know flower pots or yeah, like yeah. you know uh, it's whatever. a wow factor it is a wow factor yeah. for sure you yeah. know i mean it's just kind of you know because what you're talking about is so it seems so simple yeah. but yet uh, difficult yeah yeah you know yeah so basically we are just too uh, i would say uh, consumed we have mm-hmm. consumed ourselves too much in our jobs or our daily living right and that is where we are not being able to give that extra time to it mm-hmm. but as i said you know if we work as a society yeah we if you work as a system correct then it won't be a problem it will become a part of system right you don't need to practically be there every day there is a build a society can easily afford to hire someone to do it yeah because there's so many people involved in a society and society can have their own markets whatever is growing on the top the people in the society can buy it yeah 
right so from the gardener w- w- weren't you guys working with uh, a school yeah were yeah you, were you right. teaching uh, kids yes you know based out of a model which is quite you know right. not uh, the regular model yeah. of so, education yeah, right yeah we were with this uh, we are, we have this a uh, little uh, platform called organic way right and organic we is a platform where all like minded people are coming together mm-hmm. so we have some farmer markets happening some pop ups happening we try to help different farmers who are doing good job in growing the food in the right way we try to give them a platform so through the same platform the school happened mm-hmm. and the school is called the polymath school in bhivandi mm-hmm. so the idea over there like you know lot of people in the schools have been teaching farming as a subject right but we didn't want only farming to be a part of it we wanted the kids to understand how the whole village works what are the economics that work in village if there is a drought there are different art skills which you can learn and you can mm-hmm. sur- survive from those art skills how to find your food when there is drought mm-hmm. to understand all these things we had a subject called gram okay it was bigger than farming we were trying to teach them how a village economy works mm-hmm. so right from we had elections in the like such small kids doing election to have their big elections they have <laughs> they had their own gram panchayat they had their own sarpanch Incredible. so they were understanding how a system works right. that was a goal not the goal was not only to farming was a part of it mm-hmm. got it but the idea was not only to grow food the idea was the to understand environment. it was about yeah. sustaining yourself got in it. any kind of environment right that was the idea there i mean that's that's a I mean I have always thought like you know if you have to influence you do have to you know influence it a little by little a little right. dose as you go along you know right. Right. so that what happens is like because for me personally and a lot of people I know you know information is like a shock <laughs> you know whenever we get new information which mm-hmm. is good information you know and we get it as a shock mm-hmm. you know and the thing and the second thing that happens is is like you know okay I want to get I I want to understand this as much as possible but not spread the information too much because it's yeah. just my experience yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean i mean yeah. it's there in everyone you know if right. like you know right. so that's what happens and and what happens in that what i believe is the fact that you know a lot of time is wasted right correct i mean uh, you know you have to yeah we hold on to things basically right so that is the thing like, like uh, it's unfortunate that you know like simple thing like seeds okay mm mm-hmm. now we know that the indigenous seeds are scarce but if we stop spreading it we are creating another menace right the idea is to because it's it's something that belie- belongs to the community it is it, it is not it is not that you have saved it mm-hmm. it's something that generations have done it for you that is what it is even you are getting it right so the idea of spreading something shouldn't stop correct and uh, we are not owners of anything it right. is all, it all belongs to the community mm-hmm. it's just that you are lucky that you have got access to it and now it is your responsibility like you know the spider man says it <laughs> with oh, more yeah. power comes more responsibility Correct, yeah. so it's your responsibility to kind of use that power the right way and make sure that you know you shouldn't be close to sharing your that is what at least when it comes to farming and the way it has been headed right now and if you want to change the direction you can't close your doors yeah that's the entire bit right of like as many like share the information as much as possible yes. let them do exactly what you're doing yes. you know that just helps you to sort of integrate your yes. you know if you are sort of like you know which i really like i mean you know you guys are doing these kind of um, you know practices and you know getting those products out there the awareness out there right you know i mean as a cook i feel the responsibility of like you know what like 
getting people by the you know by the shirt and saying that dude you got to try this you got to right. try this you right. know right. and that is that is the key what i feel is like of just getting the word out there as much as possible right. getting them to right. you know uh, right. experience this even right. if even if they cannot come and see you right. you know you guys uh, working right. in action right. they could taste it yeah but like you know uh, that is one part of it but as a chef also when you see like yeah. you know uh, as you mentioned uh, when you get some new ingredient or something uh, to cook right. you are getting a new palate new taste to your uh, yeah. yeah to the uh, play on the plate right but as a chef also it's a responsibility of every chef to know what is seasonal to know what is real like what is happening is today they have demands of certain types of vegetables and foods but they don't want to most of the chefs today don't want to experiment with something new and it is actually not new but it's new to the system now yeah so uh, what is happening is meriko matlab in summers also i want carrots right okay in in the restaurant because my my menu is set accordingly yeah i'm not trying to have a different summer menu Mm-hmm. with what the availability is there are lot of gods which are growing in the season mm-hmm. so why is my menu not having rich god sponge god yeah but my my menu is still i'm talking about mumbai right now right so my menu is still stuck to having carrots or beetroots or whatever like you know winter crops on yeah. my because my menu is designed like that so menus are the death of a restaurant yeah. i feel yeah. you know so you have to be creative exactly yeah. i mean you know and there there are like a spectacular amount of chefs out there hmm. doing incredible things right you know we know a few yeah of course you know? <laughs> and uh, the thing is what happens is it's like you know it it it's not consistent right you know um, right. we need to understand that nature is not consistent right you know of course yes you know? it's very important to know i that. mean i think the maximum we have achieved is just being seasonal you know i mean Yeah. in terms of like you know just going crazy with yeah, we're getting there we're getting there right yeah you know so definitely yeah i mean you know to tell you for uh, from a uh, restaurant's perspective a menu is a death of a restaurant right. i would uh, agree to that you know yeah. you know demanding certain things that don't right. grow at a right. certain time and then finding people who do grow it right you're creating that same right. you're yeah. going jumping yeah, into like, like being in this field i've got call from restaurant in delhi yeah to supply food from maharashtra yeah. a vegetable i'm like <laughs> <laughs> there are people around there growing food yeah please take vegetables from them Correct. they want something which is growing over here and so because the seasons are different over there mm-hmm. so they are like hum idhar nahi milta hai yeah so you know you can't do that you have to be local also as long as you are seasonal you got to be lo- local also when you are local then only you will be seasonal as well yeah because every locality has a different uh, weather conditions yeah so they all connected so what was that chef's reaction like or like the restaurant's reaction no like i don't i don't know what to say about it you know it's like just that uh, i i i didn't want to do the uh, whole transaction because mm-hmm. i didn't want to like uh, get into the idea of logistics and all correct so i was trying to put it across like you know do as much as possible. grains and all is still possible but if you talk about fresh produce mm-hmm. to doing this gaming you make how much are you going to torture the poor vegetable yeah you're going to freeze it put it in the containers again transfer it's imagine you know it's just like uh, again eating pasteurized yeah. vegetable instead of pasteurized milk do you guys think that somewhere or the other any i mean any when you meet your consumers you know they are trying to create a tetra pack you know a concept where like you know you know how the tetra pack came into being right like milk mm-hmm. can come from anywhere it doesn't right. matter right you know it's getting packaged by one Hmm. uh you know company or you know one a producer hmm. uh of like the packet 
of itself mm-hmm. i think it's the same when it comes to you know um, everyone has that in you know inbuilt thing of like going back to it even if they're resisting it they do get back into it like you know okay we'll get as much as possible from as many variant it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how is it coming you know like do you guys experience this as well in terms of like you know when it, the demands are quite um, yeah like uh, all the not rational yeah but like everything is working around it right today if yeah. you just see like uh, uh my, my demands are limited to my knowledge mm-hmm. if my knowledge is limited my demands are limited i want that things only right so when i want those things then i have to get into uh, things like uh, like uh, as you said tetra pack kind of a model mm-hmm. because if i want uh, sitting in uh, jammu and kashmir if i want to eat onions or something like that yeah it, it's not my food over there correct i i have to get into a system where that is transported and reached reached to me or something like that you know mm-hmm. like i'm just giving an example like a rough example yeah. right now so this is going to happen like if you if our demands and our knowledge towards food is limited mm-hmm. we are going to like as i said a restaurant in delhi is calling for vegetables in bombay because he, the restaurant is probably not aware what is growing over there around is, yeah exactly if they know the amount of diversity that place has they yeah. may not come here absolutely they are aware about this thing because of social media social media correct but yeah. if someone if they know like if they just put their foot out and just roam around mm. they will find so many things over there it's it's quite limiting isn't it i mean because you have so much of awareness but also at the same time not yeah. you know when you are like you know just look around man you know yeah. there are people doing excellent things yeah. they are trying to like i i have been part of this where i had to like you know for a certain variety mm-hmm. uh look into the northeast mm-hmm. just to get them Mm-hmm. and then but like you know th- just look around a little bit i mean it's not exactly the same thing but it does the job right. of like you know getting the let's say the rice the purple rice or the black rice yeah, uh, yeah. you know the forbidden rice mm. which uh, i'm talking about and mm. you can get it if you just look around and it's been grown and you guys also yeah. like you know yeah, uh, yeah. support growing that right you know so uh, but what is also very interesting is have you heard of this um sort of like this organization called Know Your Fish by any chance no I haven't heard about it you haven't heard they have a very interesting model where they are sort of like they have a calendar mm-hmm. made in which season which fish oh yeah, yeah. I, I think you had only mentioned Correct. about it yeah. that's how I know it I mean I think that's a very cool sort of a yes. you know thing of like alright man you guys are not understanding here is a calendar right, right. <laughs> this season you should just order this, this at right. only at this March that doesn't mean doesn't right. mean that you know you go you know yeah, we are around yeah. that i think maybe you know that sort of a model works mm, right. you know in terms of at least educating right. you know people and it i yeah so as i said you know like this is something but being seasonal being regional being mm-hmm. original is yeah. important yeah so i think even if the restaurants are opening today if they don't uh, like you know it should have a kind of a graduation level for it yeah. like when you want a job you have to be a graduate or you want to be a mba yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that so restaurant should also go through it like yeah. you know you sh- they should know what is the food which is local to them mm-hmm. which is uh, seasonal to them yeah and that that is when a restaurant should be given a license to open that restaurant yeah. when they know what is available so that is how we will save our diversity mm-hmm. that is the only way for people to know more about their absolutely food. i mean that's definitely for the restaurant industry what i know for a fact is the fact anyone can do that you know it doesn't need yeah it is sort of like you know like yeah. anyone who has a certain amount of access right. you know they can get into it i mean it's not bad until the time like you know at least yeah w- what he said is correct you mm. know you need to 
there should be thresholds of like you know in order to do this you right. need to first do that right you know and that's what is education about then at least you will have some sort of an ethical you right. know set up for it and at least for you i mean you no know, the farming practices will remain indigenous right, by doing yeah. that we won't go out of our way to grow food mm-hmm. in a specific way and the restaurant influences a house kitchen very much yeah because uh, that is the taste we try to match that's how we got broccoli ma'am yeah <laughs> that is how we got broccoli broccoli red and yeah. yellow bell peppers right. and uh, all these things yeah. i still don't understand what is the purpose of the baby corn <laughs> in a kitchen any which way no but like i wouldn't see again if it is come and if it has been if it is a part of our life it's fine but the only thing what i'm going to tell you again is like you know uh when we are influencing we as a restaurant chef or as a restaurant kitchen mm-hmm. we don't know the power of it you yeah. know we don't know the power of it everyone like be me being a child mm-hmm. i remember going to a I, I, there was no dominos then correct right so my pizzas for me the idea of pizza was uh having a regular vegetable pizza with a mool cheese on top mm-hmm. that is what we used to get right so when in the house i was i wanted to eat a pizza it was the same way it was being made mm-hmm. putting a mool cheese on top mm-hmm. then dominos came in i understood the concept of mozzarella cheese so my cheese my pizza making idea at home also changed right so that is the kind of like i'm just giving an example right now yeah man i mean i get it we have a big responsibility yeah, i mean so you know which we are evading Yeah. day to day right. that is so if i come to know that uh, say uh, like a certain vegetable like which i write like in the restaurant mm-hmm. is not available all throughout the year yeah what happens with that i understand the season of that vegetable also mm-hmm. i understand the uh, origin of that vegetable also yeah. it's not only uh, the idea of eating that vegetable but to know where it is coming from kind of evolves it's it's a damn interesting right you know how like ev- the r- amount of roles that we have to play yeah. you know when we get into the you know playing with the big boys <laughs> you know there's always a role that you have to properly that you know and yeah. you know and once one is evaded you know it's sort of like a domino effect right like you know one collapses the other one goes down and everything yeah. and and when then it's just a recovery phase everyone is just you know being a disaster manager yeah. all the all of a sudden yeah, yeah. you know and that sort of a thing but yeah definitely man i mean you know when it comes to you know what you guys are doing Mm-hmm. and what you're doing with autism it mm-hmm. really gives you know hope yeah you know, i hope it is giving hope <laughs> it is i mean you know because i think uh, like i have like i found every you know uh, sort of time to tell you this that you right. know it, but what you guys do you know it is so important mm-hmm. and i know it's thankless now <laughs> i'm telling you i keep yeah. telling this yeah. it's say you know get your you know speech ready <laughs> you're getting one big you know sort of award you know no, no, there's there a lot of people doing a lot of good work i know that out there and uh, we are still them as yeah, well like yeah. we have just started off and we are still learning i wouldn't say like you know i'm probably i don't the knowledge what I have is probably not not even 10% of probably right. you know the people who have been in this inter- like doing this for mm-hmm. such a long time yeah but uh, but even that 10% looks like a big knowledge for person who doesn't have any idea about it yeah so you know it's just the idea that uh, when you get into it you start learning about it exactly and there is the journey is never ending right. it's a long journey yeah so yeah i'm thankful to a lot of people who have kind of helped me to understand this to take this journey forward i wouldn't have uh, if their doors were closed yeah. and if they thought they're not there's this knowledge is only theirs knowledge right. i wouldn't have got this knowledge right now exactly. whatever i have right now whatever limited knowledge this 
but uh, again that is why my even i have decided you know i have always been in the idea of keeping my doors open mm-hmm. because whatever i know or understand about food now uh, a lot of other other people will get inspired from the idea right. of it and they will also be able to uh, kind of uh, imbibe it in their life i mean i have actually seen this like as much as possible like you know people have asked you the same question again and again you know mm-hmm. and i have been on that line as well <laughs> you know but you have always entertained you know with the answers with the same enthusiasm you know all the time and that is something which i feel is you know it helps a lot because mm-hmm. when it comes to education of course but knowledge mm-hmm. passing on knowledge you know people are reluctant mm-hmm. of like you know i mean i don't know if they're insecure or not many mm-hmm. of them are mm-hmm. you know because they don't know what they're doing or what they're up to mm-hmm. or like you know maybe they're window dressing their you yeah. know concepts see insecurity comes for a lot of reasons right. once is like firstly you should uh like a lot of insecurity comes because someone may be able to tell you more about the same mm-hmm. thing than what you know right that that could also be a point of insecurity mm-hmm. but that's fine that is how you're going to learn right yeah when someone is going to talk about it someone is going to uh, uh, tell you more about it right second insecurity comes in is when you know like when i'm sharing it with someone mm-hmm. uh, the other person also has that knowledge now correct so he may use that knowledge in a certain way yeah so that is another insecurity that we face so there are a lot of forms of insecurity of uh for things to hold on with us correct but if we hold on to it will not grow with it exactly so we will be limited with what we have so to make that thing grow forward in lot of ways it's very important to be open and sharing with the yeah knowledge. well i mean i'm telling you thank goodness that you guys exist <laughs> you know there's a there's definite a purpose for a lot of chefs out there if they are not aware of it i hope they get really yeah, you I mean, know i hope of. like they really influence a lot yeah all the best man all thank the best you. to earthism all the best <laughs> thank you abhay bhatia yes thanks thank for you doing so this much. man thanks You're for welcome. coming in anytime anytime you know I'm and come when you know whenever you know <laughs> let's talk more about <laughs> a lot of things yes yes done all right yeah thanks so yeah i would just like to end up again by saying that we are what we eat yeah so be sure about what you are eating today if you eat good food you have a good life ahead on that note thanks for listening guys went well i loved it dude okay. what about you yeah it was nice i was going off track no with the